And I'm recording. Hey, welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn. I'm Finn, your host, the host with the least, the most, the most confused, the most happiest, the most what the fuck is going on in life that you will find today. Um, listen, it's, 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 it's a lot going on. Uh, the spoons are low and I am triggered like a motherfucker. Um, we all know I can't sing. I know, we all know this, I have, I have said it, you have said it, bitch would be like, why can't you sing, what's your excuse, because I'd be telling bitches they can't sing, my excuse is that I'm hard of hearing, I don't even know what the sound of my own voice is unless I listen to it in a recording, so I don't know what the fuck you bitches thought, so, you know, come at me, bro, anyway, this episode is really just gonna be me, um, you know, like, uh, I think about a month or two ago, I did an episode where it was just me. And I was talking about the shit that I was going through and the shit that is, like, important because I believe mental health is important. I advocate for that shit hardcore, especially within the black community. Um, so today I am going to talk about my spoons being low and I'm also going to talk about why I'm triggered because a lot is happening. Um, so, first thing first, why am I cancelled? Because I waited until my spoons were low. I waited, I saw myself on a downward spiral, and I didn't reach out until the spoons were almost gone. I mean, like, non-existent almost. And I knew better. I really knew better, especially me being that person who's like, yo, reach out. If you, if you ever see yourself needing help, reach out to me, find your mental health professional, you know, find your sponsor. Whoever your support system is, go to them. And I didn't. Um, and part of that is because I sometimes don't think that my support system is there. Sometimes I don't want to run to my support system because I'm like, yo, I need to figure this out on my own. And I feel weird because like, there's a sense of pride. Um, we as black people, we as children of immigrants... We as queer people have been taught that we need to be strong. Um, especially those who fall into a marginalized portion of an even more grander marginalized group. Queer children of immigrants usually don't go to, you know, their parents or their relatives or their friends who are not queer because you're like, bitch, I know y'all don't understand me. And then a lot of like, Kids who are black, uh, who are Latino, who are, you know, or Latinx, because I'm learning that there is a, a certain section of people who do not like to be called Latinx, and I have to respect that because I'm trying to be better. Um, so I, so instead of being like one of those progressives who like, bitch, my word matters more. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna respect all of y'all, but um. It's also, like, sometimes it's hard to reach out, you know? Um, I see black women every day doing the absolute most to make sure that their family, their friends, their their partners, their, their professional colleagues or whoever are all just, like, you know, making the best to make sure that they're okay, you know? Like, you just want them to be okay. And you don't take care of yourself. You don't reach out to those same people when you need help, and it sucks. I mean, I get why. I definitely get why. I come from a family where, 
the concept of being real about your emotions was was wrong, like dead ass. Like, I mean, I love my family. Don't get me wrong. I love, love, love my family. But until I was in my 20s, I was told that my emotions were wrong and that if I needed a good cry, it's my own fault and that's not manly. Thank goodness I don't identify as a man. Ha, bitches. So, like, I have to cancel myself for that because, like, I know better. Um, I should, I can't, I can't be, I can't be like our parents, you know, do what I say, not what I do. And so I have to do the, I have to lead by example, you know, um, I mean, I don't know who the fuck I'm leading, but I'm leading somebody, you know, sometimes these random children be walking up to me on the street and just be like, yo, Finn, how do I do X, Y, and Z? And first of all, I'm like, why do you know my name, random child on the street? Mind you, this child is like a whole 20 years old. Like it's not, they're not a child, but like. You don't know shit. I don't know shit. Okay? But, like, you know a little bit less shit than I do. And I'd be like, damn, damn. I'm not the best example for you to be following. But, like, I want to help you be better. So, good luck with that. Take that as you will. But, um, it's, it's one of those things, again, that I do have to cancel myself for. And I do need to, because I need to be better. I need to be better at leading by example. Um, this is not going to be a self-deprecating episode, alright? I'm not over here like, bitch, you did wrong, blah, 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 the whole time, because I know I do wrong. I know that there's a lot of shit that, that I'm at fault for it, and that there's shit that other people have fault for it. It's not always, it's not always, you know, black and white. There's a whole gray area, and there's a three sides to every story. Yay, now that I've gotten the cliches out of the way. Um... So, the reason my spoons are low, my spoons are low because I've been through the ringer lately. I have been through the ringer professionally, personally, romantically, I've just been put through the ringer. Um, professionally, it's just, I, I've always done my best to try to be the most exceptional employee colleague, co-worker, whatever, um, in, that I can be, right? And is nine times out of ten, everything is, like, chef kiss wonderful, you know? Um, but that one time out of ten, it's just, shit just falls. And I... You know, I, I kept doing the best that I could to keep pushing through and keep pushing through. And then I finally reached a point where I had to, like, tell my boss, you know, take him to the side and be like, look, X, Y, and Z is happening, and I need it to be taken care of. Because I can't come to work and... I can't come to work and be stressed over something that can be taken care of. You know what I mean? Yes, it's something that is out of my, you know, out of my own control, but it's not out of your control. Um, so, you know, but the problem was I waited too long to tell him this. So when I finally did, he was like, oh, yeah, I got you. I understand. So, like, I'm glad that that's getting better. I'm glad that that situation is being taken care of. Um... When it comes to personally, I mean, it's just family shit. Like, 
I take pride in being the prodigal child. I take pride in being like able to disappear for however long I want and need to to take care of myself and do my things and learn new shit and experience new new places and people and things and I love that about me. I love that about me. Um, there have been vacations that my family will never know about, and some of y'all know of certain vacations that my family can never know about, and if any of you tell them, you're being written out of the world that I don't have. Okay, cool. Great. Love you. Um, but I'm also one of the most overthinking children in my family. Um, I... I'm constantly worried about my grandfather, my mom, my aunt, my nephews and niece. Like, I am always worried about them. And I'm always worried about my friends. And a lot of shit came to head. And I get it. We are in the middle of a panorama. Alright? The, the Patagonia is, has fucked us all over. But I think it made me even more aware. Because of that, I'm even more aware of, you know, what could go wrong, or who needs help, or what's going to happen if X, Y, and Z happens. You know what I mean? Like, you never know, and X, Y, and Z can be anything. Any fucking thing could hurt somebody in my family, or within my friends network, or my, within my chosen family, and I am so constantly worried about them. And, like, the biggest thing right now are, like, my grandfather, like, homeboy is knocking on 80. Homeboy is knocking on 80. And the track record in my family of when bitches start knocking on 80, I start to worry. I mean, I was raised by my great-grandparents. So when they were raising me, they were in their late 60s to, you know, to their 70s. And um, I saw a lot of things go downhill. And I saw things go downhill, not in a rapid fashion, but... In enough of a way that you could tell something needed to be done, you know? So, because of that, I'm always wary. Like, I mean, I was nine years old when my grandmother um, had her leg amputated. And so, being the only child in the house and being the only member of the family outside of her and my grandfather and um, my great-grandfather and... Um, my aunt, who were all, again, in their late 60s, going into their 70s, they, you know, I was the only person who could move around and do certain things, and, like, it really did hinder a lot of my childlike experiences. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's a loss of innocence, but it was definitely, like, you had to grow up real fast, because you had to be the one to make sure your grandparents are cool, and, again, I was also a very rebellious teenager, so, like, kind of drop the ball every once in a while because of that. Um, and sometimes I feel guilt, and I was definitely taught to feel guilt about that. Um, but a lot of times I don't anymore. Thank God for therapy. You know, thanking all the gods for therapy. Uh, mainly because I was a kid, right? I was a kid. And because I was a kid, it wasn't really my responsibility to make sure that my grandparents were okay, because I didn't know my head from my ass. Um, but it was the responsibility of their other adult children to be there for them, and they weren't. Um, yes, they were off doing their own things, and 
I know that they feel their own share of guilt for it. They feel their own, a lot of times it's like they feel their own share of guilt for not being there for my grandparents, but I don't think a few of them don't feel guilt for not being there for me during that time. Because again, I was not, I was not A, in a good place. Been suffering from depression since age nine. Come through, bitch. You know, OG. Um, and then on top of that, my anxiety developed because of all that shit. And like, I can't even bring up this topic around certain relatives. And it sucks to say that. It really does. But at the same time, I get why. I get what happened. You know, I can't be but so mad at them. Um, but it's not even really about that anymore. It's just that it ties into it because of I saw what could happen to my elder relatives. I'm now seeing the next generation after my great-grandparents getting old, you know? And a lot of them don't want to admit it to themselves, and I get it. I understand why. Um, and some of us don't want to acknowledge it because, like, damn, son, like, it, 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 it really puts a, um, a different perspective on your own mortality and your own, uh, vulnerability as a human. Um, and it really makes you question and wonder, you know, what's next for us? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you a bad back millennial or a bad knees millennial? Bitch, I'm a bad everything millennial. Like, let me just do some ghetto yoga and try to be able to walk when I'm in my late 70s, right? But it just, it hurts. Like, I constantly wonder what's going to happen. And so, like, that's the conversation that, like, I'm having in my own head. Like, is grandpa okay? Is grandma okay? Is my mom okay? Is my aunt okay? And then, you know... Because they're older and because, thankfully, they're not having to raise kids like their great, like my great-grandparents did. Um, it's a little bit easier for them, I guess, to not have to always be stressed with extra things. But at the same time, like, some of them don't have anyone near them most of the year. So, I constantly wonder, are you okay? You better pick up the phone when I call. Like, do I got to move to be near you? Do I got to take care of you? What do I have to do? And that's something that is stressing me nonstop. And, you know, within, because my grandmother, my great-grandmother passed last year, the anniversary of her death was literally on 731, which, if anyone knows, then this is the fucked up part of it, is like, the anniversary of her death was all well, the actual day that my grandmother died was also the same day Beyonce dropped Black is King. So, it's like, I'm always going to listen to that album every, every year on that day, and I was listening to it for like a whole week, right? <laughs> listening to it for like a whole week, going through some shit. And then, on top of that, the actual day of the anniversary, I got into an argument with my grandfather, and it was just like, you know, I, do I feel guilty about arguing with him that day? Hell no. Hell no. Hell the fuck no. Um, because I was not in a place to be, to be interrupted, you know, first thing in the morning, knowing and, and wondering, you know, yeah, this, this day means a lot to me, um, but how's my mom handling it? 
how my you know how my mom's mother handling how my how my mom's aunt handling it how are my cousins handling it because it's not just me that lost it and I think sometimes my family members don't realize that they're not the only one who loses somebody but it's not just like my family members it's everybody's family members you know and like sometimes when we experience a death in the family especially during a time like we're going through right now it does affect all of us you know it it affects all of us it affects you, it affects your family, if you're in a romantic relationship, it affects your romantic partner because they see what's going on with you, um, it affects the next generation of your family, and it also affects your friends and chosen family, because at least growing up with me and at least the way my family went, we were, the, our best friends, our chosen families, a lot of times, they were part of our family, you know what I mean, like, they were always at our houses. My grandparents called them their other children. You know, my my friends called my grandpa Poppy. Like, you know, like they called my grandmother Grams or, or Grandma. Like, it was, uh, I mean, I'm the only one really who called my grandmother by her first name. I don't give a shit. <laughs> she knew who I was. Um, but... It affects all of us, and, like, sometimes we are so ingrained in, like, worrying about our own um, grief and our own feelings involving it that we don't see how it affects everyone else. And, like, so I think people really do, you know, need to kind of be conscientious about that and kind of, like, take a moment to, like, realize, yeah, it's not just me. And, again... That's also a thing that is, I can definitely say, a big part of me that, like, I, I, a big part of my personality and a big part of who I am and a big, uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a, a character trait, but kind of is. Like, I'm exhaustingly caring. Like, I am always wondering if someone is okay, right? And, again, that ties into me having low spoons. Right? Because I, um, I don't always need to be worrying about everyone else. I need to worry about myself sometimes. And if bitches ain't worried about me, I, why am I worried about them? You know? And that goes for everyone. Friends, family, romantic partners. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, you... All relationships are a two-way street. All relationships are supposed to be about love and caring and, and elevating each other. Um, and making sure that, you know, you are, we're all okay, right? Because if, if I'm okay, then I can know that you're okay when we get to the end of the this journey together, you know? Um, and I do need that to be a major part of how not just my family interact, but how my friends interact with me. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been telling y'all. I don't give a fuck about cutting bitches off. I've definitely cut some bitches off who don't give a fuck about me. Um, and they let me know. Whether it's through racism, through the loss of a loved one, through homophobia, through transphobia. It's just... It's just a constant reminder that... Not all skin folk is kin folk, and not all friends are your real friends. You know what I mean? Um, and you have to learn to let those people go. Uh, you know, they say blood is thicker than water, but bitch, 
my block game is stronger than all of that. Alright, because I can't be unhappy in a relationship that it, that I know I can exit out of. Um, and then there's the romantic part of it all. And it's just like, God, my ex been calling me. <sighs> my ex has called me. I've talked to some friends about it. My ex has called me. And it's like, mind you, I'm friends with most of my exes. Don't get me wrong. There's this one ex who only calls me when he needs me. Um, whenever he's, whenever he feels like he has no one else, then he turns to me. Um, whenever he feels like, you know, he needs someone to give to him and him to leech off of their energy, that's when he calls me. And, you know, I don't have that in me anymore. Um, I really don't. I really don't. Um, number one, I had to let go of them for a reason. Um, transphobic. Transphobic. Refuses to even acknowledge the concept of anyone being non-binary. Refuses to see that there's validity in my existence. Had to let him go. Also, there's the whole notion of internalized homophobia um, and a heteronormative bullshit. And I don't do heteronormativity. I don't do heteronormative bullshit. Um, I don't do internalized homophobia. The best that I can, at least. Like, I mean, I know that we all been trained and indoctrinated into some weird-ass bullshit. But, like... Nigga, I'm a whole faggot. <laughs> Nigga, I'm a whole faggot. Like, you can't expect me to, to, to be like, well... This is how a relationship should go, and there should be tops and bottoms, and there's the man in the relationship, and the woman in the relationship, and blah, 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 and, like, all this extra bullshit. And this nigga over here talking about, well, I gotta be a man and do this, this, and that, and wants to live in some patriarchal ancient rhetoric, right? Now, look, I know we're in a whole panorama, and I know a lot of people have lost their jobs, right? But... This nigga has had more jobs since we met three years ago than anyone I've ever met, right? And never had money. Never took the initiative to be romantic. Never took the initiative to be adventurous. Never took the initiative to be the man that he swears he is. And, like, I don't have time for that. I really don't. Like... I don't believe in, like, well, a man's got to be this and a man's got to do that. That's the first thing. I don't believe in that shit. But I definitely don't believe in, like, putting up with that shit. I don't have to deal with your bullshit because you're unhappy with certain aspects of your life. That's not my job. That's not what I'm here for. Um, I, I, I believe that, you know, I believe that all, like, again, all relationships are two-way streets. All relationships are different. Everyone has their own thing. Great. Perfect. But I don't believe that you go into a relationship when everything is perfect, right? I don't believe that. But I also know when to give up. I know when to give up. I know when to say, this is not working. And I made the mistake of giving him a second chance once. And 
it blew up in my face. So I'm not making that third. I'm not making that third mistake. Like I'm really not. I'm not. I'm not making that mistake another time. Um, I'm also not trying to put up with stuff that I don't have to. I really don't have to put up with, you know, raising a grown child. Like, you are a whole grown-ass man in your late 20s. I don't have to raise you. Like, that's not my job. That should have been your mama's job. And if she didn't do that, then you need to have a conversation with your mama. Because that's not for me. That is not for me. I, I don't believe in the whole... Well, you're going to be single if you keep pushing away all the good people that... No, no, bitch. Like, if I if I end up single, if I die single, fine, whatever. Like, that's cool. But don't threaten me with the idea that being single is a terrible thing and I'm going to die alone. First of all, I can die with or without a partner. And I won't be lonely because, number one, I love myself and I love the relationship that I have with me. And I also am surrounded by some amazing people who have shown that they're down for me in some wild-ass ways. Like, like, at the end of the day, I have some friends who are taking care of me who I never expected to go through the ringer the way that they did to make sure I'm okay. And I don't be asking for much. So, like, when I say that they do and go above and beyond... It's just, it shocks me because, like, a lot of times I have never had that. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why, like, I am the way I am. Like, because I've never had such strong people who would go to bat for me. And I appreciate them and I love them and I thank them for it. Um, and I need that to be a, a, a constant. Um, and that should also be a part of my romantic life. Like, whoever I end up with... They need to be the person that I am, I can rely on. Um, and I don't need to always rely on you. I don't, and I don't mean, I don't mean financially, you know what I mean? I mean emotionally, mentally, we're on the same level, we understand each other. You know, some days you have a low, some days I have a low, and we're gonna, you know, get through it together. You know, and that nigga, he only cared about his lows. He only cared about his lows and his highs. Even if I had a high, it would be a competition of like, well, oh, good for you. You had a great day. My day was terrible. And I'm like, nigga, the only reason your day was terrible because you lost the video game? I don't understand what happened. What? Did you do something else today? And like, yeah, you know, if you are a professional gamer or if that's your, your lane in life and like... Losing a game can make or break your standing, your bank, blah, blah, blah. I understand that. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a be right there with you. Like, okay, I got you. But, like, when you ain't done nothing with, with, with your day, with your life, and it's been a constant for, like, three weeks, and you ain't even made an effort to get off your ass and, like, try to apply online for a job, I ain't got time for it. I mean, you you could have at least applied for unemployment. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out where you at, you know? So, it's one of those things, like, I had to let him go. Um, and I was smart enough to listen to the plain white tees, all right? Because you know I'll be listening to the plain white tees nonstop. They're my favorite. Um, and their song, Should Have Just Gone to Bed, 
or should have gone to bed just straight up says, like, there's a song in there with, like, well, there's a lyric within the song that says, I only miss you at midnight, when I know the time is not right. Um, and, like, yeah, sometimes you just be missing people at midnight because you're, it's been a while since you've had affection. It's been a while since you've had sexual intercourse. Or coitus. I like coitus. It's a fun word. Um, or it's been a long time since you've felt romantically desired. And, you know, that, you know, if you can call this one person, you know, at midnight or 1 a.m., they'll come through, you'll do some things, and then next thing you know, you find yourself back, and you find yourself falling into that pattern of toxic bullshit. And, like, I'm not telling y'all how to live your lives, okay? Because I, far be it for me to tell a nigga how to live their life. But when it comes to me, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I had to learn. Like, like, I kept falling back into that situation. Well, not with that exact person, but I kept falling back into the patterns with people back when I was younger. You know, from age 17 to age 27. I was definitely, like, always, always, always going back to the, to the ones I knew that were bad for me, the ones I knew that would bring nothing but stress, the ones I knew that I shouldn't have been with, and I'm breaking that pattern, I'm breaking those chains, I'm moving forward and doing what I need to do, and, like, it kind of fucked me up having to get myself to that point, because... Sometimes we don't break patterns because we are so used to the chaos that sometimes peace is is dangerous to us because we've never experienced it. And me being me, I definitely um, have had chaotic moments. I definitely uh, was comfortable in chaos, you know, and that was emotionally, um, that was mentally, that was, you know, in my family life, in my romantic life, some friendships, so it definitely is something I had to break, and, um, I think I'm, I have to teach myself to stop feeling so guilty about that, I had to teach myself to stop feeling so much like, oh, you ain't shit, for disconnecting from this person. But, like, bitch, sometimes you have to because, like, you need to be able to go through life with peace. Alright? Because the way the world looks right now, let's be fucking honest. The way the world looks right now, my generation won't be able to really retire. The next generation, good luck, bitch. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, so if I can't retire in the future, I need some form of peace. So, bitch, yes, I'm gonna take all the peace I can get. All the peace I can get. And if it means cutting off this nigga who at one time, I was so desperately in love with, I I knew that, like, I in my mind, at one point, I knew that, like, okay, he's going to get off his feet and get where he wants. I'm going to reach where I want, and we're going to be good together in the future. But, like, the whole time, reality was, it was a full, it was, it was just a toxic pattern of struggle love. Struggle love ain't cute. Struggle of ain't cute, and you don't have to struggle with that person. You don't have to. You really don't. 
If you know that that person is holding you back from being happy and achieving what you want and what you need for yourself, that person does not need to be there. And it, it, and yes, you might struggle with or without them, okay? But I'd rather struggle without you in order to find my happiness without you as well. Because if I, cause if I know that there's no happiness with you, why the fuck am I staying? Why the fuck am I staying? And why the fuck am I allowing you back into my motherfucking apartment? Sorry. Tangent. Emotion. But that's real. Like, that's real. Like, why... Why should I go through this? Why should I go through this? So, so that was, you know, the, um, a major proponent, um, a major component of, you know, that romantic drop of spoons. Because, like, bitch. And then on top of that, it's just, like, from there, it's, it's, it's just me realizing that my anxiety was taking over a part of me, right, and my anxiety was taking over to the point where, like, you know, I had to call my old therapist and be like, yo, sis, I need some drugs, <laughs> and, like, my, my therapist was like, bitch, just sit down, have a talk with me, let's see what's really up, and then homegirl just said, smoke weed, smoke weed about it, so, Smoking weed about it. But now, right now, I'm actually sober. I'm doing this episode sober. Um, because talking through your feelings sober is, is better for me. Um, it allows a lot of clarity. There's no cloudiness. There's no, like, you know, no, no questioning of anything in the long run. Because, like, I had to say what I had to say honestly and truthfully. Because, like, Hi, me. Y'all have listened and heard Hi, me. Like, y'all know that Hi, me is just a bitch who goes off on tangents and gets distracted and needs to, like, take a minute and calm down and think things through. So, sober me is the one who's like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. This is what's happening. X, Y, and Z. And it's cool. It's awesome. Like, I love it. But at the same time, god damn, the anxiety is real. The anxiety had real to the point where I wasn't sleeping right for a few days, almost a week. I was not feeling myself. I was just not doing what was needed to be done, you know? Went to work, took care of that, and then came home and just pretended I was cool, you know? And I know that that's one of the things that I know is my own fault, like pretending that it was cool. So, um, and that's how I allowed my spoons to get so low. And so now I'm like, all right, it's a sunshine, beautiful day out there, bitch. Take care of what you need to take care of. Take care of yourself. Take care of your emotions. Discuss your emotions. Talk about what's happening with them. Discuss what's actually on your mind. And, you know, you're going to get better. And talk to the people you need to talk to. Talk to people who you know you can talk to. Um, and not for nothing, like, there are certain people in my life who I have decided not only am I cutting you off for specific reason, but, like, because I can't talk to you about this shit. Like, if I can't talk to you about this shit, what the fuck is our friendship? What the fuck is our friendship if I can't talk to you? I'd be letting all these bitches know, if I can't talk to you, that means you're not, that means you're not gonna be there for me through certain things. And it, 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 because it's like, I know I can't talk to you about this. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, I have certain friends who, I love them dearly. And I know that they can only take but so much because they're only they're going through their own stuff. But like, I 
I cannot go through life only taking care of you. I cannot go through life denying what's going on with me. And that's a very important thing. And that's the same thing I tell everyone else to make sure that they do with their own friendships. Because if your friendships are not, I'm serious, if your friendships, your family relationships, your romantic relationships are not for you as well, if they're not working for you in a positive manner, then why the fuck are you still there? Why the fuck are you still there? Alright? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's not because it's, you're not going to feel okay, secure, safe, taken care of if if it's not helping you in a positive manner. And yes, I expect you to do the same thing for your friends, but it needs to be a two-way street. I expect you to do the same thing for your partner, but it needs to be a two-way street. I expect you to do the same thing for your mother, your siblings, your father, whoever raised you and whoever loves you as, in, as a parental figure, as a sibling, as a cousin, I expect them to do the work as well. You know, look, not for nothing, I, I, I have no shame in saying I cut off my mother at the beginning of the year because there was a part of my relationship where I felt like I was tired of only taking care of her, I was tired of only worrying about her emotions, and yes, my mother, yes, she, she does what she can, right? Um, but... I was tired of allowing limitations. I was tired of allowing her to to be the only one who was okay. Um, whenever, you know, emotions were low and things were not great and blah, blah, blah. And because, like, you know, there are certain things where I understand she's of a different generation and, you know, and this is who she is and she's a whole adult. But, like, at the same time, if your parents aren't learning to be parents for you, the way that they need to be parents for you, then that's not a real parent. A real parent doesn't just do just for them. They don't parent you just because, you know, they, this is how they do things and that's the way it's going to be. No, like homegirl, like I love you, but I can't have you over here thinking that this is the only way it's going to work. And like my mom has done way better way better than she used to, and not, and, and, and that's something I'm thankful for, I'm glad that, that happened, um, and I'm glad that we have, like, a, I feel like we have a stronger relationship because of it, but, like, again, it's a two-way street, and, like, she's realizing that I'm an adult, you know, so I'm not a kid who just gonna accept and sit there and take whatever, you know, parental message you think works. Because it doesn't work. And, like, I get it. There's no handbook on how to raise kids. If there was, I might be thinking about having one. Fuck that. Um, but, like, it's also, like, listening to your kids. Listening to your children. You know, having those conversations that are rough that need to be had. And, again, this is something that I always say isn't just... And I keep saying it over and over and over again. It's not just, like, parents... Also friends, also loved ones, you know, everyone in your in your orbit. Um but none of that is why I'm triggered this week. Look, my spoons were low mostly last week and then into this week, but this week I am definitely triggered. Um I'm tired. I am so fucking tired. So last week, if you listen to last week's episode me and um, cousin Keisha went in on 
you know, discussing black men's hatred of black women, right? And how it affects the black community. I'm just only focusing on the black community because I ain't got time for anyone else right now. I mean, I'm going to hear your stories, I'm going I'm to listen to it, and I'm going to root for you to, to succeed in life. I don't give a fuck what color, race, I, I don't give a fuck what color you are, what religion you are, you know, what, um, what minority you fall into. I don't care. I'm going to be down for you and want the best for everyone equally because that's, that's the goal right now. That is like the, the bar is low on getting to equality, but I just want us to get to equality, right? But I just need to focus on the black community right now because I'm triggered. Um, so this week, uh, there was a discussion about what kids, and I'm not talking about young children, I'm talking about you know, teenagers should be wearing to school or to a party or around family members or blah, blah, blah. And the discussion was mainly focused on black girls. Now, I feel like most of you know this, but I should have to, I shouldn't have to say it, um, but I'm going to. I am not a woman. I was not born female. I do not identify as a woman. But I'd like to think that I try to be an ally. I'm not going to call myself an ally, but I try to be an ally. Why do you ask why I'm not calling myself an ally? Because I feel like you don't have to say you're an ally if you are one. That's number one. Because that sounds sketchy, being out there being like, I'm an ally! And the next thing you know, perpetuating bullshit. Um, and then on top of that... You know, I do what I can to make sure that I do the best to be there for my black, the, the black women, femmes, and envies in my life. I really do. I really make sure that I try to be there for them the best that I can. Even when they don't want to be there for themselves. Even when they're told that they shouldn't be there for themselves. I try to be there for them. Um, only because I see that black women have... They do everything. They do everything. And they are never thanked. They are never appreciated. They are never shown the amount of respect, love, and care that they deserve. Right? And I know that there are going to be people who disagree with everything I'm about to say. But guess what? Your opinion matters. But as long as you are not hurting the next generation, or even your own generation... Because that's who I'm really worried about, alright? I'm worried about millennials, zoomers, and whatever this next generation is going to be called. I'm pretty sure they're going to be called panorama babies, alright? Because this is a boom of them. Ooh, maybe boomers 2.0. Anyway. But, there's... And I understand that, like, y'all might not be worried about them, but I am. Because I, I, I know for a fact... There are a bunch of people who are out there, they're like, well, I went through this, they're going to have to go through it too. And like, bitch, no, they shouldn't have to suffer the way you suffered, the way your parents suffered, the way your grandparents suffered. I damn sure don't want anyone to have to suffer the way our grandparents suffered. The way my grandmothers and aunts and, and y'all grandmothers and aunts and cousins suffered back in the day just because they were born a woman 
Oof, child, no, mm -mm. I don't want, mm -mm. I don't want that on anybody. I don't wish that on anybody, right? Not even my worst fucking enemy. And let me tell you, my worst enemy, I wish a lot of terrible shit on them. Mainly that their socks always fall down whenever they're walking, thinking that they're comfortable and safe. All right, I, I wish that anytime they need to find a lighter, it is hidden in the car that is parked ten blocks away. Alright, and they gotta walk all the way to that car that's 10 blocks away. Actually, yeah, I hope some of you have to park 10 blocks away from your fucking house. Because you're a terrible person and deserve to have to walk 10 blocks away to find parking. Alright, now if you, if I love you, I want you to find parking right in front of your building. Right in front of your building. I really wish you find parking right in front of your building every day, every night, all right, for the rest of your life. Wherever you are, wherever you drive to, you can find parking right there because you deserve. Okay? But the the real thing I want to say is that, like, there's, a, there's been a whole topic on what teenage girls should be wearing, especially black girls. And it, it's as though... Y'all are still perpetuating rape culture. Now, I know this is a tough subject for a lot of people. I know this is a tough subject for a lot of people. This is a tough subject for me. Um, and I'll explain why throughout. But y'all perpetuating rape culture. Because y'all are telling girls and some grown women to not wear short skirts, to wear certain shirts, to always wear bras so their nipples aren't showing. And in order to make sure that they are safe in the world, that they aren't being sexualized, that they are being taken serious by teachers and, um, and co-workers and bosses. And I just want to say to that mentality, fuck you. Like, honestly, fuck you. Like, why the fuck? Why the fuck? Why the fuck? Why the fuck are you telling these girls, these girls, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds, who some of them have never even really experienced over-sexualization. And I am so thankful that for those of you who have never had to experience it. Because that gives me a hope that, like, maybe the world is getting better, right? Um, maybe their parents just sheltered them to the best of their abilities and curated a life for them that they never have to think that that's real and that's wonderful and I think that I get why their parents are doing that and why their parents think that but also I feel like it hindered them for future understanding of why the world is the way it is and it's a toss-up it really fucking is but why are you telling these girls this because a lot of them now they're losing their innocence now they're constantly paranoid now they're now you've given them a new form of PTSD that they didn't even know was possible like you're telling me, you're telling me, you're telling me that a teenage girl wearing a skirt is responsible for the thoughts and actions of a teenage boy, a man, anyone. These kids, these girls are not responsible for the actions of any man. Like, if a man wants to sexually assault, I hate to say these words, I hate to say these words because, like, these are honest, real conversations, right? This is, I know that this is a triggering subject, and I do want to, to be, um, I do want to be conscious of this, right? But you're telling me that a girl wearing a skirt or a certain t-shirt 
is responsible for the actions of a man? No, no, no. Especially a grown man. A grown man is, is if a grown man is sexualizing a, a teenage girl, that's on him. That's his problem. That is his fucking problem. All right. That is that is his action. That's not hers. All right. And don't say. Well, she's wearing this because so she must be asking for it. Or she's wearing this so she knows what she's doing. No. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. These girls, they are... First of all, they're smart as fuck. Okay? They're smart as fuck. And a lot of them are way more resourceful than anybody that I knew back in the day. Alright? And I... Woo, thank goodness. But... A lot of them are just experimenting with clothing, with style, with finding out who they are. And... It shouldn't, they shouldn't be told, don't do something, because the person that you might end up being one day is wrong. It is too sexy. It is too enticing. Whatever happens is your own fucking fault. No. Again, this is the man's responsibility. All right, my grandfather said something to me once, which was very important to me, and it stuck with me. One is too many. One is too many, meaning one girl being raped by a man is too many. One man being raped by a woman is too many. Alright, and that's the thing too, so like, don't be out here acting like that doesn't happen. It's real, but don't be saying that they're asking for it, because no one is ever asking for it. No one, alright? You can be wearing floor-length church church-going, you know, saints and ain't skirts to school, work, wherever. You can be wearing jeans that reveal nothing. And you're not asking for it and still be sexually assaulted. Alright, so you can't tell me that it's just one thing. Let me explain something. There's, there's, there's a meme that I love to see. And it said, um, you know, if if lesbians can control themselves in the locker room, why can't why can't a cishet man control himself walking down the street? That's a real question. That's a real question. Because, like, if I can control myself in the locker room, right, what the fuck? Like, if, if, if somebody who is exclusively attracted to this body type, this, this you know, this person... All of those, like, you know, if somebody is attracted to this person and knows how to not be a rapist when seeing them naked, can, like, then why the fuck is a, a rapist just out here, just out here walking down the street? And I know, I know y'all are going to say not all men. We know not all men, but again, one is too many. Why we got so many fucking men walking around here? And the worst part is, a lot of y'all know these men. A lot of y'all protect these men. You know what I'm saying? They can be your best friend, they can be your cousin, your brother, your uncle. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. How many black girls, how many black girls have been told that they have to completely change what they were already wearing because their uncle is coming over? Alright? Or because the family cookout is, is, is happening and you know who gonna be there so you better be wearing something that's not too revealing. Big! It's not, it's, not, it's not your daughter's or your niece's or your sister's responsibility to fucking 
to fucking be wary about this nigga, that nigga, you need to take that nigga away from her. Right? Because that's his, that's his problem. And guess what? I'm pretty sure she's not the only one. She is not the only relative who had to be told to change clothes because that cousin or that uncle or whoever is coming the fuck over. So if you want to be real, real, remove that person from the situation. Remove that creepy uncle away from the situation, all right? No girl is asking for it. No boy is asking for it. No envy is asking for it. For y'all to be out of here saying, well, I was a victim too, and and I just think, no, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Your experience is valid. Your experience is valid. All right? I understand your experience. And I, because I too have that experience. Maybe not from the same person as you. All right? But I too have had that experience. But that doesn't mean because I went through it, I think that I have to be a certain way and tell people what is and isn't wrong to avoid this happening to them. I'm not going to tell you how to dress. I'm not going to tell you how to act to avoid being raped because it happens to anybody. It happens to anybody, right? There's a whole section of the world. There are cultures where it is common for people to be raped every fucking day. And they be wearing floral dresses. Nigga, it's not, it's really not, fuck, it's not, it is not, it is not their responsibility to be wary of the mindset of other people. So you're telling people, oh, you can't live the life that you want to live because you'll be raped. How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you? Now, I understand that some of y'all are going to be out here like, well, I don't want my daughter or my, my child to be wearing this, this, and this. Okay, that's fine. You can raise your kid to be to wear what you think is appropriate. Cool, sure, but why? Make sure you know why. Make sure you explain to yourself, not to them, to yourself, and then them, why. Is it because you think that this is going to be better for them to wear as a part of their of the part of the person that they're becoming, or do you think it's better for them to wear it because you don't want them to be raped? Or you don't want your, your child to get arrested because they're black and wearing a hood is wrong. Or you don't want them to wear this certain shirt because you don't think they'll be taken seriously in the workplace in the future. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I understand. And a lot of it, let's be real fucking honest, stems from going to church. A lot of it stems from going to church, at least within the black community. Because, like, let's be fucking real. A lot of us have have been indoctrinated into Christianity of some sort. You know, whether or not you were baptized, whether or not you went every Sunday. As black people, as black Americans, Christianity is so ingrained in our culture that some people can't even tell the difference between if it's a Christian thing or if it's a black thing. So then we have to look at the fact and matter is that a lot of us are taught to act and be a certain way because we're black, but in reality it's because... The, Christian indoctrination tells us that women are property and women are this and women are meant to serve men and women and should be X, Y, and Z. And, like, that hinders y'all. Let's be real. Let's be fucking honest. If y'all really wanted to 
go by that mindset, if y'all really wanted to go by that mindset, a lot of women would still be barefoot and pregnant and never work. So, again, why? Why are you telling your children to act and be a certain way? Also, let's be real. Let's be real. Good going, good church going women have been raped. And I feel bad for them. And some of them have been raped by their pastors or the deacon or the ushers. Don't be out here thinking that, number one, Christianity saves you from being raped. It doesn't. And number two, don't think that respectability politics that come out of Christianity keep you from being raped. Because they don't. So, instead of telling your kids to do things to not get raped, why not tell the other kids and your relatives to not rape people? It's really fucking simple. It's really fucking simple. It's really fucking simple. Don't rape. Don't. Don't hurt people. Don't do it. Be better. Like, it's, it's really not that hard to, 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 tell, to tell the two the other people who normally act upon this stuff, right? Now, here's what, here's the conversation that I've had with some people and not everyone knows. When I was younger, I was a victim of sexual assault. I thought I could trust the person, I thought I could, you know, I thought I loved that person, I thought that person was someone who was always within my orbit, and that person sexually assaulted me, and me being 15 years old, and maybe, maybe 125 pounds wet, it, it, it was easier. For him to take control, right? Um, I was a young kid. I was not very strong, and this person was in their early twenties. Um, definitely went to the gym at least three times a week. You know what I mean? I can tell you everything about that day. I mean, I remember that day. I remember that day terribly. Um, and I also still have a burn mark on my leg from that day. But, I didn't know how to press charges. I didn't even think about pressing charges. Because I was 15 years old. My life was already in a fucking mess. Weed was illegal, so I had plenty of that in my system that day. Um, and I didn't have a strong support system. To be able to say, hey, this happened to me. What do we do? Where do we go from here? And I I kept that in. I kept that in for years, right? And it allowed me to be angry. It allowed me to be a terrible person. Because I used that. I, I used that to fuel my anger, right? I said, hey, I can do and act this way because I'm angry because this happened to me in my past. And one day I was sitting in therapy and just, it came out. And because like, I found out what happened to, to the person who assaulted me. I found out that, you know, it's, it's weird. 
It's weird. It's like it's like slight karma. Um, they're now living on the West Coast. Um, they their family no longer talks to them, um, and they sexually assaulted another person, and they got arrested for it, and only had to register as a sex offender. No jail time, no fine. Just had to register as a sex offender. And so part of me is like, oh, this is interesting. But another part of me does also feel guilty for not, for not, um, coming forward and saying it. And for not trying to press charges. For, you know, part of me thinks, well, if I would have pressed charges, would that other person have, you know, been a victim? Right? But I've saved that next person. And the worst part is, I don't even know if that other person that I know of was the only other victim. You know what I'm saying? So, it's it's a fucked subject. It's a fucked subject. But, it's like, I don't think that it was my fault. You know what I mean? I know it wasn't my fault. I was wearing, I was wearing slacks, fucking khakis. Anyone who knows me when I was younger knows I wore a lot of khakis when I was younger, so yeah. I was wearing khakis. I was wearing a vest and a button-up. Like, I, there was no, like, there was no Finn is asking for it. Finn was wearing what Finn normally wore. And it happened. So... And yes, I was high. Okay, cool. Yes, I smoked marijuana. But smoking marijuana doesn't mean, hey, you're asking for it. If anything, it makes it easier for your attacker to attack. Because some of us, when we're high, especially when we're young and don't really know what we're doing, some of us can, you know, it, it, you have slower reflexes. You're not as quick to act. You're not as fast to get out of the situation. So it did make me, and I used to be a lightweight when it came to weed. So it was one of those things of like, okay, like, I know that this happened, but it's not my fault. And I shouldn't have to change the way I am for it to never happen again to me or anyone else. So when I think of like, you know, especially people within the black community saying we have to do this, this, and this in order to not be raped, my mind is fucked. Like my mind is, 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 is like, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, don't forget, we also live in a world where people are screaming that they want to be treated equal, that they wanted to be treated with respect, that... You know, that they want to have a... That the future should be better and blah, blah, blah. And don't harm us and don't tread on me and all that good rhetoric. But the reality is, like... Do you? Do you really? Because a lot of y'all are still protecting these black boys who rape. A lot of y'all are still protecting these black men who rape. A lot of y'all are rapists. And... Don't ever want to admit that to yourself. I had a friend. I had a friend back in high school. 
who you could have told me the sun rose and shot rose shined and set on his ass and I would have believed you right um and one day a girl came forward and said he assaulted her and that you know he's acting like she wanted it and as a victim or a survivor myself I should have believed her right away right um because I thought you know what no he's a good dude he wouldn't do this he knows better he's a, he's a good guy but then another girl came forward and said the same thing. And neither of them pressed charges. And I believed them. Once the second one came forward, I believed them. And it shouldn't have been the second one coming forward. It should have been the first one that I should have believed. But... Part of me was just like, he's such a good guy. He's always been so good to me. He's, you know, he's a great friend. I, I can't believe he would do this. And then he did it. And I have no doubt in my mind that he did it. Because when I started to look back on it, he tried to... He tried to perpetuate this whole cult of personality that he was just a good old boy and all that bullshit and nonsense. And he's not. He's not a good guy. Um, and he got away with it. And he made no attempt to even try to apologize to those girls. To even try to show remorse for those girls. And it sucks. It sucks. And it's like, wow. Wow. And then as I got older, you know, I started volunteering in a lot of different Areas. I, one time I did some volunteer work within, you know, uh, substance abuse with recovering addicts and children of addicts. Um, I volunteered with LGBT people, predominantly black and Latino LGBT people. Um, and I've also volunteered at a children's hospital before. And, like, a great portion of the person that I am came from you know, having volunteered and worked in those, those areas, right? Because I, I believe in giving back to my community. Now, you may ask, well, well what has your community given to you? And like, not for nothing, a lot. All right, like my community has given me a lot. And as the child of an addict, um, I, I saw what it, what other kids went through. And I saw how lucky I was to not have to go through what they did. You know, I have a cousin growing up, her mother, um, her mother's an addict, right? So growing up, her mother would get drunk out and, you know, go off and do what she was doing for a while. And then like, my cousin would be with her grandfather. My cousin and her brother would be with their grandfather. And, um, it, it, it was terrible to watch. Like, looking back, terrible to watch. And, 
I'm so thankful that my cousin is in a way better place than she was back then, right? So, because I've seen that shit, it made me thankful for the life that I had growing up and being able to have a roof over my head, being able to have food in my stomach, being able to have clothes on my back to make sure to, to have a family that, you know, while they didn't do their best, they made sure I went to some good schools. You know, I mean, one school probably might have, but they made sure I went to some good schools. They made sure I was set to an extent, right? It was usually financial more than emotional or mental, but we're not going to be talking about that because that's neither here nor there right now. Um, but it's, it's like I feel so bad for a lot of what they went through. And so many children of addicts, again, one is too many. So many children of addicts have been victims of sexual assault. And it's not talked about enough. And I feel bad for them. Now, you can have your opinions and blame the children, blame the addict, whatever you want, because that's a lot of y'all are going to have your opinions and blame somebody. You know what I mean? I personally blame Reaganomics because, like, not for nothing, if Reaganomics hadn't started, we'd be in a lot better place than we are now. But, you know, do you, boo? And it's just like, I hear these stories. And while they all vary in so many different ways, the common denominator is that they are victims. They are survivors. They have this story to tell, you know, and it sucks, it really fucking sucks, it really fucking sucks, I volunteered at LGBT centers, and not for nothing, most of the, most of the people who I've, I've, in the LGBT centers who have told me that they are victims of sexual assault were trans women or lesbians, cisgendered lesbians. And part of me, I don't doubt it. I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not shocked anymore when I hear these stories. You know what I mean? Like, it's like part of me has, I don't want to say I've hardened, because I'm, I'm a sensitive little bitch. But, I've just become, I guess, in a sense, partially desensitized to hearing these stories. Because I've heard it so much. And you may be asking yourself, well, why do you keep putting yourself in these situations to hear these stories? Bitch, because somebody needs to listen. Somebody needs to listen to these people, at minimum. Because, like, golly, like, why? Why are people so adamant about blaming the victims or the survivors of these assaults? Instead of actually saying, hey, this is, a, this is an epidemic. This needs to stop, and we need to be better. We need to be fucking better. Look. Far be it for me to tell somebody how to raise their children, especially when my old mama didn't raise me, okay? So, I'm going to be real about that. 
far be it for me to tell people how to raise their kids. But y'all got to teach your, and I'm going to say it, and I hate to say it as a, I hate to say it in a binary term. But y'all need to teach your sons to that rape is bad. Y'all need to teach your son that rape is bad. That is it. That is the bare minimum. The bar is fucking low. Alright? And sexual harassment is bad. First thing first. If somebody told you that they're not romantically or sexually attracted to you, accept that. Accept it. That is it. Accept it and walk away. Your ego got a little bit bruised? Well, whose ego hasn't been? Alright? Fuck off. We've all experienced rejection. Keep it pushing. Alright? Because too often, people get rejected and the next thing you know, they become stalkers. They start sexually harassing people. They, they attack them. They sexually, they sexually assault them. They fucking, some of them all kill people. That's not cool. It's not fucking cool. So if someone says no, take that and keep it pushing. Right? And then on top of that, I'm also going to say this. You can revoke consent. You can revoke consent. Um, y'all know I'm a very sexual creature. Uh, I have no shame in asking consent throughout my sexual experiences. I'd be like, yo, are you okay? Yo, may I do this? Yo, do you want me to stop? And I expect to receive the same treatment in return. When I revoke consent, that's it. I have revoked consent, right? So, y'all may be saying, well, they might take away from the mood. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Because I can guarantee you, if someone is really into you, if someone is really, really into you, they're going to find consent even sexier because you're caring about my well-being. You're caring that I'm okay. You're caring that, you know, this might be triggering. Yo, that right there is sexy as fuck to me. That right there is sexy as fuck. A lot of times people think consent is limited to a safe word when you're practicing bondage or some form of BDSM. And it's not. That's not the only point, or that's not the only limit of what consent can be. Consent comes in many forms. Um, consent can be in any type of sexual relation, and it's not just sexual relation. You know what I mean? If I don't want you hugging me, don't hug me. You know, if I don't want you shaking my hand, don't shake my hand. And y'all may be wondering, well, it's just a handshake, it's just a hug. No, bitch. This is my body. And if I am not in that place for you to touch my body, don't. That is it. That is all. And it's just, a, a lot of people feel so entitled to other people's bodies. In so many different varied forms that it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Like, all you have to do is say, yo, you know what? You know what? Let me... Let me talk to this person. Let me see this person. Let me hear this person. And I do want to say this. For those of you in your 20s and 30s, I'm specifically speaking to millennials at this point. 
if you are a millennial, if you are within the millennial generation, I don't care if it's even a geriatric fucking millennial, you should not be telling anybody, anybody, anybody what they can or can't do with their bodies. Because you, as a millennial, we are the generation that screams up and down, we want equality. We have so many millennials out here expecting a, a certain quality of life that they actually do deserve. Yeah, y'all really do deserve it, right? But y'all are saying to other people, other millennials, Zoomers, um, even even fucking boomers and Gen X. So let me explain something. Gen X, I, I got questions, but we're not going to get into that today. But y'all are really out here like being like, well, you need to change. You shouldn't be doing this and yada, 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 blase, blase. My nigga, you're the, you are of the generation that's really out here telling people what they should and shouldn't be doing. Alright, you are really part of the generation that's out here telling people what they should and shouldn't be doing to you. To you. So why are you going to ex and expect them expect them to to hear you saying what they need to do for themselves? Like, it don't make fucking sense. It really don't make fucking sense. Now, again, like I said earlier, I understand certain generations, older generations, having a certain mindset. I do. I was raised by the generation. I mean, daily. I mean, I left the house and came home to the silent generation every day. Okay? Um, some of the family members that I'm closest to in my family are boomers. So, I get it. But, I can honestly say those boomers, a lot of them, they listened. They heard me. They respect me. So, I just need, like, I need y'all to understand that, like, if y'all can't, if y'all expect them to respect, to, if y'all expect them to respect you, you need to be giving out what you get. You need to be simple. Pay it forward. Whatever energy you receive, whatever you demand for your life, you need to be making sure that you give it out in the rest of the world. Because every day, I expect... One thing I like to put on my dating profiles is chivalrous without the misogyny. I believe in chivalry. I believe in holding the door open for people. I believe in... I believe in, you know... Doing the heavy lifting sometimes and reaching the top shelf. Okay? Um, but not in a misogynistic way. Not because you're this gender... Or you're this age, or you do this, this, and that, that, you know, I don't, that, that's why I have to do this. No, I do it because I believe that it should be done. I believe that we should all hold the doors open for each other, especially when you see someone had the, had their hands full. I believe that you should help somebody pushing a stroller down, the, down the stairs, you know, I believe you should help them down the stairs. To get to the subway platform or up the stairs to get to street level. I believe that. I. But what I don't believe is the misogyny aspect of it. And I don't believe that it it is needed for. Um, I don't believe that misogyny is needed in order 
to make the world go round. Because if anything, it's hurt the world. It's hurt the world. It's hurt people. It's hurt me, personally. You know, I said earlier to earlier this week. I said to some some people that like you know, as a victim of sexual assault, racism, transphobia, homophobia. I'm tired. I'm so fucking tired. And that contributes to my feelings being low, right? Um, I get so tired of having gone through the world and having experienced that shit and seeing it every other day from other people and hearing about it and trying to question, well, what can we do? How can we make it better? What can be better? And it hurts every fucking day. And I keep wondering, what can we do, right? And the answer is, teach people to be better, right? I get so tired that I don't want to deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to deal. I don't. And, like, I'm lucky. I can go to a mental health professional. I can afford to go to a mental health professional to talk to these to these emotions, to these, this aspect of what contributes to my depression and anxiety. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can do that. So the least I can do, the least I can do for everyone else is be like, hey, I'm going to be on your side. I'm going to be on your side. I'm going to advocate for you. I'm going to do what I can to be a better person for you and for this world. Because it's not just you. It's not just the people I know. You know what I'm saying? It's not just the people I know. It's never just you know, your friends, your family, your romantic partner who had been through these terrible situations. It's people you don't know. People you pass every day on the street. Now, don't get me wrong. Y'all know I hate people. Okay, y'all know I hate people. People annoy the fuck out of me. But that don't mean I can't be better toward them. That don't mean I can't listen to their side of the story. That don't mean I can't... um advocate for a better future for them and myself. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what, what is so hard? What is so hard? I know why. I know why. But, like, generally, a lot of the times, is y'all don't want to hear it because y'all don't want to have to let go of what you were raised to believe. Because if you've reached some place in your life, let's be honest, if you've reached, you know your 30s, and you're like, well, I've learned all of this in my, you know, in the 30 years that I've lived on life, and I've, you know, done X, Y, and Z, and this ain't changing, bitch, then, like, reality is, honey, you gotta let go of some of that shit, you gotta let go of some of the bad shit, you gotta let go and unlearn the bad shit, you really do, you really fucking do, because, like, it, the world is not going to get a. It's not going to be a better place if y'all keep holding on to this bad shit, you know. I'm, and I'm not getting into politics today because that's a whole nother level. But it's like it's exhausting. And again, I always say this: being black is a political thing. Being black is political. Um, until we can walk outside without fearing our lives, without worrying about being killed walking outside of our own home. We are living political existences. 
because people hate us. And we have to make sure that we are fighting just for just to be able to receive the bare minimum of human rights, right? We are fighting just to be able to say, hey, I want to be able to live my life. I want to be able to go to work, to go to happy hour, to hang out with my friends, to go to school, to, to take the train, to take the bus, to drive, to walk, walk. Because walking while black is a real fucking thing. I want to be able to just do these things. I want to be able to chill in my backyard. You know, without being killed. Without experiencing some form of racism. And the same thing for queer folk. To be able to walk down the street, living their lives loud and proud without, being, without worrying about being killed. And the same thing for trans folk. And the same thing for Latino folks. And the same thing for Asian folks. And the same thing for indigenous folks. Like, it, the, it, the, the list is never ending. The list, of, the list of people who are marginalized is never ending. And it's like, if we can just get people to realize that, like, if you just teach yourself and your children to be a little bit better, then you were or are, and then better than your parents and grandparents' generation, okay, because some of you might have amazing parents and grandparents, but, like, their generation, just in your family, it's toxic. Like, my favorite thing is, we live in a world where people are denying that the Holocaust happened. Did you know how many, and I'm just focusing on the Jewish aspect of the, of the Holocaust. Do you know how many Jewish women were raped before being killed? You know how many Jewish children were raped before being killed? You know how many Jewish men were raped before being killed? Alright, these were people fearing their lives. They had to be ran out of their home, out of their homeland. Taken from their home, gathered up and put in somebody's paddy wagon and taken to some fucking camp where they didn't know if they were going to live or die. And people are denying that that ever happened, right? What makes you think that people aren't denying boys will be boys culture? Because that's all essentially what rape culture really is sometimes. Boys will be boys. And I'm not saying that it's just men who rape, because I know it's women who rape. I know that there are envy to rape. Everybody across gender spectrum can be a rapist. And everybody across gender spectrum can be a victim. And everyone across gender spectrum can be an ally. Right? Like, dead ass. Dead fucking ass. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm just so fucking tired. Spoons are low. And I'm triggered. I really fucking am. But, I'm gonna get off the subject now because... I need, because I'm sober, a bitch is going to be like, yo, go, what, what, all I need y'all to do is like, stop trying to hinder the lives of men, women, and MBs everywhere, because y'all think that if they walk outside, they're going to get raped, just by putting that on them, because of what they're wearing, it's toxic, it's damaging. It is hurtful. It is confusing for a lot of these kids as well. Because a lot of these kids have never had these conversations. And a lot of y'all parents aren't having it with them. 
lot of y'all parents are not having the conversation of rape with your children. And I know, because I would... Rape wasn't a conversation in my house. It was not. And it should have been. Right? It really fucking should have been. So, again, let me calm on down. Now, I'm going to bring you to a happy note. Because I'm so happy right now. About... Tim Drake is officially bisexual. Now, for those of you who don't know who Tim Drake is, Tim Drake is Robin. He's one of the iterations of Robin, alright? Now, for those of you who don't know my my hierarchy of the Robins, is Dick Grayson is number one. Dick Grayson is Bay. He is, uh, he is the, not only the man I want to be when I grow up, alright? He is a badass, alright? And he becomes Nightwing, who is the ultimate bay in my life. And then there's Tim Drake. He's my number two. He's the Robin that is fun. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And he's just, he's just a good time, you know? And then there's Damien. I fucking hate Damien. I really do. I, I hate Damien. I hate Damien. It's not, I don't hate Damien because he's a badass. Because he is a badass. I hate Damien because, like, this bitch is just going to choose to stay angry for the rest of his life. And there are people who are rooting for this. Like, people are like, yes, I love bitches who choose to be angry forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, no, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. I get it. Why dog ghoul is your grandfather? Oof, child, that's a whole conversation on its own. That's, you're going to be paying a therapist for the rest of your life. And I understand you were raised as an assassin. But you don't need to be angry forever. Forever, ever? Nah. Nah, bitch, nah. And then there's Jason Todd. And let me explain something. Jason Todd, whiny ass. They've killed him a million times. And he keeps on coming back. And he's annoying as fuck. He's just annoying as fuck. I know. Y'all know. Y'all fucking know. But back to Tim. This is like a very important thing. Because we don't get a lot of good guys in the world of comics that are queer. We don't get a lot of good guys, right? And I mean in the sense of hero versus villain or the binary spectrum of like what is good and what is bad. Usually what happens is you'll get queer-coded villains or you'll get queer anti-heroes, right? But you'll never get a queer hero. You'll never get a good... A good person, a good guy, good gal, whoever you, however you want to say, that is queer. And it's not great. Like, you're, it's like saying almost, and it feels like, not just for me, but from a lot of people, that, you know, well, just because you're queer, you're automatically an anti-hero or a bad person. That's really what a lot of, like, a lot of us have been taught. And especially if you watch Disney movies, bitch, Scar, Hades, Jafar, that's some queer ass shit. Yo, a bunch of us were wondering if Ursula was a drag queen for a while. And let me tell you, it's always drag queens who perform Ursula's, who perform Ursula's songs better than anyone else I've seen. So, I'm just saying on that note. But, it's nice having... Tim Drake, who is just a good guy, he's sweet, he's fun, he's funny, being good, and being queer, and being a, 
a representation of bisexuality, right? Um, and also because we also live in a world where there's bi-erasure. If you don't know what that means, Google is free. Just look up bi-erasure. Um, and so it's important that we do have representation out there for the bisexual community. It's also interesting that a lot of people are going to be like, well, DC had made other queer characters that are here. You gave us Cal. Okay, I love Cal. I love Aqualad. But, like, y'all got, look, the whole Black Manta uh, fucking story arc already made it uh, up in the air thing. I'm surprised y'all made him black. I really am. I'm surprised you actually made him black. But then you got us being like, wait, a black man, a villain, a black man, a villain. The black man's son is sometimes a villain, but sometimes a good guy. And then he becomes a good guy. Oh, and he queer. So, like, I'm not sure if I'm really feeling this. Now, me, me being a whole me, I love it. I love that Cal is queer. And I love that Cal has a partner who he loves and adores and lifts up and, you know, try to be there for him, root for him. But I don't like that it's just Aquaman, the Aquaman world. You know what I mean? Like, let's be real. Ain't nobody really checking for Aquaman like that. If you are, cool, go for it. Great, great. Good for you, proud of you, happy for you. But, like, we ain't really checking for Aquaman like that. He definitely one of my least favorite members of the Justice League, alright? So, having, having a Robin, and y'all know I love, I love, love, love the Bat Family, having a Robin be by is just like, it's beautiful to me, it makes me so happy, it makes me so, it makes me feel seen and heard, and I fucking love it. And for those of you who are like, they always be putting queer people in media, forcing it upon our children, and yada, 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 all this shit, blase, blase. Nigga! I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be fucking real. I'm gonna be fucking real. Why are you so fucking ashy? Why are you so ashy? Why are you so ashy? Put on some moisturizer. Moisturize your skin, bitch. Because, like, some of y'all are gonna have queer kids. Some of y'all are gonna have queer kids. And your kids are gonna see your homophobia and never want to talk to you again. They're never going to be able to come out to you. And they're going to end up living a life that's harming to them. And and maybe even harming to you in the future. And that's dangerous. And that's bad. You know what I mean? And a lot of you are going to lose your relationships with your children and your family members because you chose to be homophobic. The only difference between now and back in the day... Like y'all say, when I was coming up, when you were coming up, people were having to hide it because once upon a time, people were being arrested just for being queer. Just for being suspected of being queer. Alright? And the, the whole notion of people being killed because they were queer. So, and people committed suicide because their families hurt them emotionally and mentally. Because they were queer. We're not even talking about the physical part. Because I've heard the stories. I've read the stories. I've listened to those stories. And that hurts me. Alright. So. Yeah. You know what. Bitch. Stop being ashy. Be glad that your kids. If they are queer. Are seeing representation of themselves. Be glad that your kids are learning that. 
being good and being bad doesn't come in an, in, in a binary form of cishet whiteness. Alright? Because, let's be honest, a lot of black folk didn't see themselves as, as the hero for a long time, but they damn sure saw themselves as the victims or the villains. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Just be glad that we got representation in in a great form. Now, it's time for me to wrap up. It's time for me to... I do feel like I should be canceling somebody, but... I've canceled enough of y'all in this episode if y'all didn't pay attention. I'm just saying. So, if you don't, if you don't feel like you got canceled, if you don't feel like I attacked you, that means that that boot that was placed in front of you was not meant for you. Okay? That means that you understood the assignment of being a better person and being a decent person, and you ran with it, and you are doing the best that you can to be a good person, because, like, everything in life is a learning curve. Like, we don't, we don't have a blueprint on how to be good. Right? We don't. But we have been giving tools to be better. Okay? Um, we've been giving tools on, on what makes the world go, what can make the world go round. You know, y'all, a lot of y'all love swearing up and down that you love this, this superhero or this actor or actress, uh, that you love... You know, this, even this anti-hero, or some of the villains, because some of them have a good message. Or you follow X, Y, and Z, but in reality, y'all are doing the exact opposite of their teachings. And a lot of them are teaching you to be good, to be better people, to be educated people, to just try. And, like, that's all you gotta fucking do, just try. Just fucking try, and even though, and even when on when on days when your spoons are low or you don't have the energy, or something really triggered you or set you off and it's bad, still take into account that certain people might have it worse than you. Certain people might have it worse than you, and you gotta, you gotta be that person for them. To say, hey, I see you and I hear you and I'm trying to be a better person. And I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to, even if it's not your best friend. Even if it's some random stranger on the street. I'm going to hold this door open for you. You look like you're having a bad day. I'm going to hold this open, this door open for you. Let me, I'm going to give up my seat on the train or on the bus for you. Because you look like you, you need to sit down. It's not that hard. But y'all, um, y'all be making it hard. So, before I wrap up, I just want to remind y'all to follow me on my Instagram at FinnisCancelled, uh, with two L's, or, um, the TikToks that I now have at FinnisCancelled, with two L's. You know, like, subscribe, share, I don't know, follow, whatever you want to do, right? And I do also want to say, so next week's episode is probably going to be a whirlwind, a roller coaster. Um, we're gonna be digging into some early 2000s music. I have yet to decide if this is gonna be a two-parter because, bitch, that shit took forever to record. Five ever to record. So, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna have a conversation about that. Y'all might enjoy it, y'all might not. 
So, today's quote to end things with comes from Mariana Trent, which is a band that speaks to my little emo heart. Um, one of my favorite songs by them is Who Do You Love? And it's actually a really good song because part of it is like, yes, I love you and I need you to love me. But also it's like, I'm going to get back into loving myself. Um, and it's deep and it's powerful and it's important. So, I'm going to end you off with a little snippet from that song. From fable to fumble, from stable to stumble, nevermore, I'll say goodbye to my demons and all my back evens, ever yours. I won't come back to you broken, I won't stay away too long. Even the words I've spoken, they still seem to come out wrong. I'll get my shit together, get right back to where I belong.